we're going to carry on our series. We're going to, we've been looking at this thing called sacred things. And the, the thing about sacred things, it, it's things that we hold on to that we think, hold it, they're so valuable. You can look in your closet. Anybody ever moved and you thought, we're going to downsize. We're going to get rid of some stuff. And you start moving and you're like, oh, oh no, we can't get rid of that. <laughs> oh, 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 we can't get rid of that. Oh, and we can't get rid of that. And you keep on going, and before you know it, you move in, and your house is already full, where you're going to downsize, and you got more stuff, and you're going, oh my, they're so valuable, it's so set apart, it's like, I couldn't dare part with that. Well, that's what we're looking at, and there are things that God deems that are sacred, and and this is what it means, go over it real quick, sacred is the same as holy, That's it's used in that same uh, reference, it's Kadesh, it's this this glory, it's set apartness, it's holiness, it's sacredness, it's separate. It's like, wow, set apart for a special purpose. That can be of God, it can be of places, it can be of things. In this, And we've been looking at that a couple weeks ago. We looked at names and we saw where Jesus is the greatest name. And your name is very sacred to the Lord. Like your name, as you accept Christ, it's going to get written in a book, in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it'll be there. And you're going... We get to celebrate, and he's going to open the book and go, there it is, come on in. And then we looked at, last week, the Word of God and how powerful it is, and everything hinges on his Word. Today, um, uh, we're going to look at this thing of prayer, but before we do, here's the scriptures we've been looking at. And this is where Paul is writing to the Colossians, and he's trying to get them to see that, see to it that no one takes you captive, which means it's possible to be taken captive. The reason somebody tells you don't do that, it's like when you were growing up and your mom and dad said, don't do that. Now, if some of you are like me, you're like, oh, I need to try that. Let me see. You tell me not to. I learned by, by process. I better not do that again. And so Paul's saying, hey, don't let anybody take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. And then... Um, he goes on in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, it says, Since you were raised from the dead with Christ, aim at what is in heaven. Like, that's where I'm going to set my gaze. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be good at something, I want to be good there and good at that. Um, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, think only about the things of heaven or the things in heaven, not the things on earth. It says, your old sinful, uh, your old sinful self has died. Your sinful self. That's a southern thing for sure. Your old sinful self. It's, 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 it's already died. And your new life is kept in Christ, in God. Now, I've had people tell me that you got, Pastor Mark, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You know, you don't want to be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I just want to confess to you. We generally don't have that problem. <laughs> it's usually the reverse. We're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. And so this is why Paul says, set our hearts, our minds there, because this is going to bring some stuff with it. And it's going to bring some challenges, and it's going to cause us to go, oh, it's going to bring some nerve wracking and some, some things that stir us up on the inside. We want to make sure we do it right. That's why one of the sacred things to God is prayer. Prayer is sacred. Now, when I mention this, we're going to break this down a little bit this morning. Now, there is no way, no way I could cover it all this morning because you know what? This book 
is actually a book of prayer. That's what this is, really. If you were to look at it, matter of fact, if you were to, if I were to break it down in the simplest terms, prayer is simply talking with God and God talking with us. This book is all about God creating us and communicating with us and us communicating with Him. It's all about Him talking. It's all about us listening and us communicating back and forth. That's what this is about. Matter of fact, if we don't do this well, and let me, let me ask you, how many here, if, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you'll be too afraid. I might ask you to pray, but how many have ever been asked to pray out loud? Are you, I, uh, I don't pray so well. I'll pray, I'll pray silently. You know, I, I can say for my own life, my prayer life until I gave my life to Jesus about 33 years ago, my prayer life consisted of, bless us, O Lord, and these eyes gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And that was it. what I was raised Catholic. That's what we said before every blessing. And that's all we say. To this day, I still say with my mama when I go eat with her in Jacksonville, and we still say, bless us, O Lord, these eyes gifts. And we go through it. And I said, and then we always say, God bless the, the company and God bless the cooks. I don't know why. We just want to make sure that's covered too. But many times we get... We get nervous when we think of praying out loud or praying. And many times it's just because of our own lack of understanding that somehow it's not spiritual enough. That like as a pastor, you know, the funny thing is everywhere I go, when it comes prayer time, you pray. It's like, like you're paid to pray. You do. I was like, you don't pay me to pray. I pray because I want to. But it's like, here, you, you do it. You, you do it better. I was like. God hears you just as much and it's just as well. It's an attitude. So we're going to break this thing down and look at this prayer. And I'll tell you, if you'll get this down, here's one of the rewards of of learning how to do this well. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Anybody ever have some worries, anything come up and you just want to stress sometimes and things come at you and go, "Ah." Paul told the church of Philippians, don't worry about anything. It says, pray about everything. So when it comes to your mind, it's going to hit you. You're going to get it. It's coming. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. It's going to happen. When it comes, train yourself that when it comes, oh, great opportunity. I'm going to pray about that. I'm not going to let it come and try to take me over. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has already done. Those are key things to that. Many times we forget that. Remember when we, remember when you were a teenager? Now, y'all probably didn't do this, but I did. There are many times my mom and dad did more things for me than I ever would imagine. And for some reason, it just wasn't, I didn't thank them enough. Anybody ever had that problem? Y'all probably perfect. Y'all just, oh, thank you, mother. Thank you, father. You're so wonderful. Thank you for all you've done. You're so incredible. You know, I did not. Now I'm doing it now later. I'm making up for lost time and, and make sure to do that. But when we think about this conversing, this talking to God, I thought, what is a great way to do this is let's look at one of the uh, famous men in the Bible. Uh, we're going to look at a man named Jeremiah who had a conversation with God. And he was just talking to him. And this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, you can open them real quick. Or we've got it right there on the screen for you. Or if you have your cell phone, we do have a Bible app. Hey, look, as long as you ain't on Facebook, and just going, hey, remember, we're communicating right now this way. We're not going to go this way. Um, and uh, it, it says this in Jeremiah, verse 1, and it says, The word of the Lord came to me 
saying. Like God's speaking to Jeremiah. And he says to Jeremiah, and this is powerful, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Hey, guess what? There are no surprises in here. You are not a mistake. You are not a surprise. You are not. There's nobody in here. God, when you showed up, God went, how did they get here? What? What? What happened? There was nothing in his mind. There was nothing that went on. Went, what? Son, son, did you know that? Holy Spirit, y'all, who, he was at it. He was intimately aware of everything about us. He told him that I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said. So God's talking. They're having this conversation. God said, you got to think. If God shows up and says, I knew you before you were even born, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You're like, wow. And he goes, hold on, God. I'll put it in southeast Georgia. What? I said, what? He said, I do not know how to speak. I don't know how to talk, Lord. I'm not good at that. Anybody ever had that problem? Lord, I do it, but I, I don't talk so good. Well, or one of those, it's one of those. I know it's, it's right. All you English majors will get that. I, I'm, all them go, it's well, Mark. It's well, I got it. I don't talk so good. Um. And so that's what Jeremiah was explaining to God. He's talking, he's having this incredible conversation. And he says, I don't talk too well. And then he uses the, the, the great excuse, I'm too young. Like there's a lot of people more old. They're wiser. They're, 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 you, they'd be better equipped. And God says, okay, since you put it that way, I'll move on. No, he didn't. He goes on and he says this way. God says, but the Lord said to me, everybody say, the Lord said to me. That's right. He's talking. He's always talking. The Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You don't use that excuse. And by the way, it happened in a lot of other people when God spoke to them. They said the same thing. You look at Moses. You look at Isaiah. Everybody's like, oh, no, I'm undone. See, most of the time we know our stuff. We know our junk. And we try to relate to God on a basis of our junk and who we are instead of the basis of who he is. So that's why the Lord said, the Lord said to me, do not say. He's having a conversation. He's like, I got to interrupt you just a second here, Jeremiah. Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. Why? For I am with you. And I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Now, here's this conversation, and he's just trying to convince him to just trust him. That's what it is. Most of the time, it's, it's the same thing with us. That's why prayer, if you think about it, this is, this is, um, uh, hold it. The next verse goes on. This is a cool one because he says, then the Lord, he didn't just tell him that. He said, he reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Let me say, God will put his words in your mouth if you'll just be open. It's not you being good. And that's what this goes on to say. This is what prayer does. Prayer does not. It isn't about moving God closer to me. It's not like I go and I pull him up. Come here, God, I need you. It's about 
It's, prayer is about moving me closer to God and what he says instead of what I feel and what I think. And so that's if we'll get those reversed, if we'll say, Lord, it's about you, it's not about me. I'm listening to what you're saying. You can do far more above what I can even think or even ask or even see. Lord, I need to lock into you instead of being so locked into me and what I see because he sees it all anyway. And so understanding that, there's four things I'm going to go over real quick. Four things that I believe prayer does for us. One, the very first one, prayer, real simply, connects us. Prayer connects me to God. It connects you to God. That's what prayer does. This is how we communicate. It's the same way when you started talking, you don't remember it, but it started out something like, it's kind of like you ever get adults around a small child and you speak baby. There was all types of things that went on. You were given facial expressions and then all of a sudden they begin to talk and they actually begin to talk your language because they just sitting there listening to y'all like, what are they doing? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I hear y'all. And so they, they come on and you begin to develop a relationship through this thing of talking, through communicating back and forth. And God is wanting to develop that. It connects me to God. That's what John 17, 9 and 10, Jesus is praying. And this is what he prayed in John 17. He's, it's before he's fixing to be arrested. Um, and he, he's, he's in the, he's in the garden. He's praying. I pray for them, talking about his disciples. I do not pray for the world, but those whom you have given me. And you go, what? We're not praying for the world. No, Jesus said, I'm very specific. I want to pray for those there because they're going to be the ones that affect the world. So I'm praying for those. I'm praying that they'll have the power, strength, and operate in my spirit to be able to do that. And he goes on to say, you have given me, I'm praying for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. God's given us to him. And all, uh, and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I'm glorified in them. The first thing it does, it connects us to God. When we confess, and that's what John, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this. It, it goes on, it tells us that if you declare with your mouth, you open it up. You declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What that word saved means, you're going to be set apart. You are going to be connected. You are going to be forever, eternally connected to your heavenly father. And he goes on to say, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, but it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it's a two-part, it's a two-part thing where you go, one goes to the other. I've got to believe and then I confess. And as a result, this communication, this connection. So it connects us to God. The second thing it does is it commits us. It commits me to God. Prayer is my way of committing to Him and He commits Himself to me. And in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13, 29, 11, a very familiar passage of scripture to many people that are in the church. If you're around it much, they quote it often. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Like in other words, God has a plan for you. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, God's got a plan for you. <laughs> you need to know that even today. He's got a plan for you. It may seem like, you know what, I'm, I'm waiting on that. No, he's got it. It's there. And it says this, plans to do what? Prosper you. 
I thought he had a lightning bolt with my name on it. Waiting, going, mm-hmm, one more time, one more time. It's not that. He said, I got plans. And uh, it's, it's to prosper you. It's to give you a hope, um, to give you a future. And then it says, then, when you understand that, he says, then you'll call upon me. You will call on me and come and pray to me. And what did he say? I will listen to you. How many have ever felt like you said, you, you prayed, and you're like, man, that thing didn't even make it out of the roof. I was like, I was praying, and I'm like, did you hear that? Really, I mean, did you really hear that? And I'm telling you, he hears every prayer. We're not going to go there this morning, but in Revelations, it says this, he holds the prayers of his saints in bowls. And they're going to be poured out in a day, and it's going to be, woo. We're not going there today. It'd be exciting, but we can't. We're going to keep moving. He says, then you will call to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Man, have you ever felt like, man, God's not hearing me? Man, I'm throwing this stuff up there, and it is just bouncing right back. I'm telling you, he hears everything. He knows it all. He hears it all. We'll see that in a minute. And he says this, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. I don't think it's ever a problem on God's part. I think it's really more of a problem on our part that we half-heartedly go after things. Well, I'll, I, I'll, I'll try this. I'll try this. And, and instead of going, Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and lock into you. And Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to allow you to do what you love to do on the inside of me. So it, first of all, it connects us to God. It commits us to God. The third thing is prayer comforts me in God. Like when I connect with him, there are very real issues that all of us go through, what I like to call below the sun. Like you have things that are thrown at you that you did not prepare for. Like you get a diagnosis from a doctor and you're like, what? Or a, a, a family member, something happens in there. Or somebody gives you some bit of news and you were un- ill-equipped, ill-prepared to be able to handle it. This is where we have to understand prayer brings that comfort that I'm trusting him. And that's what it says in Psalms 34, verse 4 and 5. Look at what it says right here. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. And what did he do? He delivered me from all my fears. Anybody got some fears in here? We got phobias. We got, like, I got plenty of them. Ooh, I'm afraid. I sought the Lord, and he answered I'm, I'm, I'm conversing with him. Look what it says. It goes on. It says, they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were ne- will never be ashamed. He's got you. He's got me. It says this. I love it. Verse 6. This poor man cried. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of how many of his troubles? All, All of them. You got some problems. You got some troubles. This poor man cried to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, when things get bad enough, and I don't know why it always has to get so bad, when it gets real bad, we cry, help! Until then, we always try to figure it out ourselves. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. Look, he'll bring comfort, but we got to seek him. We got to, he's the one that does that in us. Also in Psalms 23, we were singing that a little bit this morning. Psalms 23, verse 4, it says, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say he hung out and slept there and pitched a tent. Some people want to pitch a tent in there. I'm like, no, keep keep walking. Keep taking step by step. Don't pitch a tent in there. I fear no evil. Why? 
For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So God's here looking out for us, a great shepherd that loves to do that. And then so he, uh, the prayer connects us with God, it commits us to God, it comforts us in God. And then finally, prayer conforms me to God's will. See, most of the time, our prayer life starts out like this. God, I need, 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 I need. And we, we run our list of, God, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. And many times what happens is we miss God because, well, Lord, what do you need? Lord, Lord, what would you like me to do for you? I did that the other day, three days ago. Got up, I get up early and I, I have a wonderful time. And I'm sitting here going, Lord, this just got on my heart. Lord, what do you want me to do for you today? And I'm sitting here and I'm just listening. Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, just follow me. I said, okay, what else? He said, just follow me. I said, okay. And he said, okay. So I'm sitting here having this conversation. And he begins to just encourage my heart, follow you. I'm like, okay, I'm following you. I thought that's what I'm doing right now. I'm following. I'm doing this. And as I keep on talking and I keep on listening, he begins to say, there's going to be some interruptions in your day today. I said, really? Going to be some I love interruptions. I'll do that. That's the ADHDA coming out. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> Y'all laugh. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and sure enough, that it wasn't just a few hours later. I'm going about the day. All of a sudden, boom, somebody shows up. And they're like, I'm, I'm actually somewhere else. And they call and said, hey, somebody's there. I'm like, got it. Not even worried a bit. I actually picked him up, threw him in the car. Let's go for a ride. Let me talk to you for a little bit. Had a great time helping somebody. And I'm just telling you, this is about us conforming to his will, not him conforming to our will. And many times we think prayer, we're trying to bend him to make him do what I want instead of us. And that's what Jesus, when before the victory of the cross was won in the garden. The victory of the cross was won in the garden. Before he ever got to the cross, he was in the garden and he prayed this. This is what Jesus said. You think he wanted, he's like, Father, if you are willing, if there's any other way you can do this, Take this cup from me, this cup of suffering, this pain that I'm fixing to go through. I think there's a lot more to that. I don't think it was just the beating that he was going to go through. I think there was one for me, the major thing that Jesus was going to have to go through. The number one thing, the cup that I believe was very prominent. He was going to have to be separated from his father. Because sin separates us from God. And for the first time in his life, he, that's what he was saying. He's like, oh, I beat me. I don't care. But what? To, to be separated from you? And he said, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. He said this, yet, not my will. Yours. Yours. Lord, let your will be done in my life. I want more than anything you to accomplish. And I promise you this, if you'll lock in to that prayer and you'll say, wow, I want that to be my life. Your life will transform completely into, you'll find yourself doing things and saying things you never thought possible in a good way. Let me say that, in a positive, powerful way. And so, this is what God said. God doesn't answer prayer on the basis of who we are. Praise the Lord. God answers prayer on the basis of who He is. So, so when I, when we pray, we don't pray in our name, we pray in His name. Jesus said, ask me, and I'll get the Father to do it on your behalf. You ask me, I'll get Him to do it. So, 
How do we make this work? I believe there's three things that I believe we need to all lock into. And here they are real quickly. And we're going to pray. Number one is, I believe that uh, all of us should have a certain time to pray. Like, there needs to be a set time. And I know this. Like I said, when I came to the Lord, I had no prayer life. It was before meals, and that was it. And if you've ever tried it, it may start out about a five-minute. Or you, you say, I'm going to set some quiet time alone with the Lord. And all of a sudden, you start praying, and it gets real quiet. It gets real, real quiet. And you wake up a little later and say, man, that was some real quiet time. It was good, peaceful. It was good, peaceful sleep. The Spirit of the Lord was all on me. It was just precious. I got to tell you all a true story. <laughs> we were on a, a mission trip in Honduras. And uh, we were, it was a beautiful time. And uh, we were, we were after, we, we would go and after we'd always do a debrief. We'd go all day and, and we're, we're serving people and we're doing services and we're praying for people. And so we'd get back at night and we'd make sure and all have a debrief. Hey, what did God say to you? What was God doing? What was, what was happening? And so and then some of them said, we're just going to worship some more. And they just wanted to pray. And so I'm like, hey, that's really cool. Y'all worship. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and go on up. Y'all sit and worship. And so the next day we, we got up and one of the uh, members of our group, they said, yeah, God, the presence of God was so powerful. It was so awesome. Yeah, this one of our members, man, they were out complete. I mean, like, like God was all over and they were completely, the, the spirit was just all over. So that was, that's what they came home with. One of the members came and was like, well, actually, <laughs> perception is one thing. Reality is another. And they're like, actually, I was just tired. And they kept going. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how in Romans chapter 8 with groanings too deep for work. <laughs> it's like, woo, that's real deep. It's coming out. <laughs> woo, no. And so perception is one. When we think it, it is important for you and for me to set a time to say, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be awkward at first because you're going to sit there. Like, think about when you were younger in middle school and you tried to talk to that girl, that guy, and it was real. I like you a lot. You know, you just sit there, you're trying to talk to each other, and you're just fumbling all over. It's all good. It's the same thing a lot of times with God. It's so, you're like, hey, not sure what I'm supposed to be saying here. Just talking. How you doing? It can be that way if we're not careful, but I'm telling you, if you'll do it, set that time and set your heart to say, Lord, I just want to know you. I just want to connect with you. Lord, I just want your will. I want, I want to spend some time. And you just set that aside. It'll happen. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, the reason his ministry is so successful in Mark, the first chapter, verse 35, it says this, Mark 135, it says, very early in the morning. Notice the word very, it's not verily, it's very, okay? Because <laughs> sometimes when you hear the word verily, it's like, oh, that happened. This is like, no, it's very early in the morning. Why? Because it says, while it was still dark. So Jesus knew something like, uh-oh, I got to get up before anybody else gets up. And that we're, hey, hey moms, hey moms, how my mom, my mom, y'all know how y'all get up early, moms will get up. At oh dark thirty, it's like oh I got to get everybody up. I got to get things going. I got to get all this ready. 
lot of times men too, don't, don't get me wrong, but we're getting ready to go to work. <laughs> They're actually getting ready for all the family, get everything done. Hey, I'm going... We just get up, get clean, go. And they're actually like, okay, I got to get this, and this one needs this, and this got to get all that. Jesus said, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. He didn't lay in bed. Let me say to you, give you a little hint or a help how this works. If you lay there thinking, I'm just going to talk to the Lord for a minute. That minute's going to go for about five, ten... Unless you got an alarm set. and then oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'm here. It says, went off to where a solitary place where he prayed. Now, we'll, we'll talk later tonight, but there are times where you do solitary. There's corporate prayer. Um, there's times where we do it together. But there's also this solitary for you personally to connect with God. And so he said do that. So it's important. Also, Daniel, um, a, a man, an incredible man in the Old Testament who did incredible things for God. It says, now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been out, actually, Daniel, all his, his uh, contemporaries, you know, he was in slavery, brought to uh, Babylon, and, and he was actually um, raised up among the, the leaders and raised up to be a leader, and they didn't like it. This foreigner over here is like, he's muscling in our territory. He's not even one of us. Who's he think he is? And Daniel had very distinguishing qualities, and this was one of them. So they thought they're going to get him in trouble and say, hey, King Darius. I think you need to make a decree that only people get to pray to you. And if anybody prays you other than you, they need to be killed. And so they made the decree and it says when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And it says three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. In other words, like, oh, we're not supposed to pray to anybody. Hey, Father, how you doing? Look, and begins to pray for Jerusalem, pray for the people. When you have that type of commitment and you set that time aside, if not, I promise you, your time will get, it'll get away from you. Anybody thought, I'm going to set this up, and then the phone rings. Oh, you get a text. You get... Many people text me early in the morning and they're not getting a, a response, usually till later, unless I'm in between doing something. Like they'll text me like, no, you don't get that. This is my time. You, nobody gets that. So I'm challenging you this morning. Set aside time. Jesus did it early in the morning. I know some of you early in the morning might be 830. I don't know. You know, so, like that's early for some people. Some it might be six o'clock. I don't know. It depends. Whatever your early is, I would give him the first part of that day. And hear from him before you get your day started. Okay, so have a certain time to pray. The second one is, if you're going to be successful with this, have a certain place to pray. Have a certain place to pray. Like, for me, I don't sit in my bed. I don't sit in my bedroom. I go to my couch. And I've got a little thing there. And this is where I got my my Bible app. And this is where I start reading. I start pouring in and let him pour in me and I, I get my mind situated because I know my own natural carnal mind can think crazy stuff and get locked into the things of this world. So I got to get it renewed and washed. So I start doing that. And then I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And we start having our conversation. I get my worship on, get some little, get some, ooh, okay, Jesus, it's all good. I have that for you. But I don't just sit in one spot. I get to that place and I'm like, here, this is where, I know, I know there's an old song 
I go to the garden alone. <laughs> Where the dew is still on the roses. I know, I don't want to get y'all started. Y'all could go. I didn't learn that song. I was Catholic. Remember, that's a Baptist. But anyhow, <laughs> I learned it. <laughs> have fun. But it is important to have a place where you go. That's what Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 6 when he was teaching them how to pray. He said, but you, when you pray, go into your room, wherever room that is. Like, find a place. Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. So there is important. I remember years ago, my daughter, she was probably 12, 13 years old, and... Um, and I was sitting there, and I was doing something in the room, and I come walking in, and I look, and in her closet, there's a pillow, there's a Bible, and there's her little cover, and I'm going, Megan, is that, are you been sleeping in your closet? It's like, it's like, you close the door, she goes, no, Dad, that's my prayer room, that's my prayer closet. I was like, oh, cool. And so she spent a long, a lot of time in there, that's where, that's where she, we were too close, so she actually went in her room and then went in the inner chamber into her closet and, and sit there, and that's where she prayed. I want to challenge you. Have a special place where you meet with the Lord. You can be on your back porch. It could be anywhere. My, I got two places. One's on my couch, and then at night is when I go out and look up to the stars, when there are stars. <laughs> I look up towards the heavens, and I'm like, Lord, thank you for all you're doing. I pray for you guys. Lord, thank you for the people that you send here to connect and help make a difference in this area. Lord, I thank you for blessing. We, you, you gotta have that. It'll settle things. So you gotta, one, have a, have a certain time, have a certain place. Set that aside. And then finally, I'll close with this. Have a certain plan to pray. This is where it's just like anybody ever had a problem reading the Bible, like where do I start? This a massive amount of, this big old book. You want me to read the Bible? You want me to read all of it? Like everything? I want to challenge you. If, if you have a problem with that, start in the Gospel of John. It's just John is the love chapter, explains the love of God. I'd say start there and hear from Jesus that way. But this isn't about simply, uh, it, this is about when I go to uh, pray, this is where you can have a plan. And Jesus gave us a plan. Now there's many others, and we can help you with those. But the number one, look what Jesus said. In verses 7 and 8, it says, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Like I say a lot of words, I just throw a lot of stuff up there, and maybe one of them will catch it. Like, whew, catch one of those, maybe. And he said, don't do that because of their many Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. And then he goes on and he tells them, this is the prayer, this is a pattern, this is a plan. Right here, verse 9 through 13, it's something you're very familiar with. It's something I'm very familiar with. This is what saved, literally, I believe, my life. When I, when I got in bad trouble, literally, before I gave my life to the Lord. I've shared my testimony, I don't mind sharing it again, real briefly. When I, I was a mixed up, messed up young man and I... I did a lot of bad things, and I was into drugs and selling. And, and when I got arrested for, praise the God, the last time, February the 7th, 1986, 
Um, I'm in the Darien jail in the cell up there looking at 10 years, knowing I'm going to be there for a long time. Because of my past, I was still on probation from the last time. I didn't learn my lesson. But I get in the jail, and I didn't know anything. I'm sitting there going, all I'm thinking is my life is over as I know it. And so in that cell, I got on my knees. I knew one prayer. I didn't even, y'all, to be honest, I didn't even know it was in the Scripture. I didn't know it was in the Bible. I just knew it was a prayer we always prayed growing up. I didn't know, I could, if somebody had asked me, where's that in the Bible? I couldn't tell them. I got on my knees, and I started saying, This prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. And I just kept saying that. It's the only prayer I knew. I I couldn't couldn't quote. I couldn't tell you how important it was. I could just say, Lord, our Father, who art in heaven. I'll never forget there were two guys in the jail cell with me. And I remember they're sitting on their bunks and they're looking at me and they literally said, oh, you get some of that jailhouse religion. And I looked at them for a second and went, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My kingdom. I'm like, you got nothing for me. You in the same place I am. You cannot help me. So I'm going to go this way and I'm going to keep saying it. And I said it all through the night till I got tired and went to sleep. The next afternoon, the jailer comes in and said, Mark Lynn. I'm like, uh-oh, what I do now? I mean, I'm, what? And they said, you're free to go. And I went, what? You're free to go. I'm like, say what? Come on, get your stuff. I'm like, okay. So I walked out, and I looked back at those two, and I literally smiled. I was like, the Lord's Prayer, man. Y'all might want to, y'all might want to have that one. It's be a good one. They Because they looked at me, too, like because I'd already told them what I was going to do. I told them I'm going to be here for a while. And they're like, what? So I'm saying this to say, have a plan. And this is a great one because it starts out with talking to God as a father. He's not a it. He's not a thing. He's your father. He created everything. He created your inmost being. Every part of you. He was very intricately detailed, aware and involved in knitting you together. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. And so our Father said, hallowed be your name. Like, Lord, there's none. And we looked at that two weeks ago. There's no name above your name. There's nobody above you. And then your kingdom come. Not my kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Lord, I want your will more than anything. And then he goes on to say, then after we get established, it's about you. Lord, give me. Lord, let's be honest. We're all needy people. And if you're not, hopefully you'll stick around God long enough to know you're needy. You know, some people aren't even smart enough to know they're needy, but we're needy people. And Lord, give us this day our daily bread and do what? Forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Because God knew our relationships are going to be the hardest thing. Like I can love on Jesus, but man, my brother, I have a hard time. (laughs) My sister... That's what John said in in John 1. It said, how can you say you love God who you can't see if you can't love your brother and sister who you can see? So he goes on to say, forgive us our debts, we forgive those debts, and lead us not into temptation. Now, why did Jesus say that one? Because he knows we get led into temptation pretty easy. Some easier than others. (laughs) We know we're prone to that. Jesus said, lead me not. Father, thank you that today 
Lord, my heart is secured, steadfast in you. The Lord, my eyes and my ears and every my heart is open to you. I want what you want. Lead me not in temptation, but what? Deliver us from the evil one. The one that's trying to tempt, the one that tries to do that. And it says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God's wanting us to connect with him. He's wanting you to connect. And it's not about how eloquent you pray. It's not about how great you are. It's not about you at all. It's about him and him reaching out to us. And this morning, I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Because it's the only way I know that we can get alone in a crowded room. And I want you to think for just a minute. I like to ask this question when we talk about prayer. If God only gave you what you prayed for, what would you have right now? If God only gave you what you prayed for, what would you have right now? It's just kind of, that's one of those things that says, what do I, what, what am I engaged in? What am I believing for? What am I trusting? Because God wants to give. He loves to give to his children. That's in Luke 11. And maybe this morning you're here and you say, Mark, I need a lot of things, but the first thing I need is forgiveness of sin. Man, I've done some things I'm not proud of. I've said some things that I'm not proud of. And man, they they weigh on me heavy. And they hit me hard a lot. And it's like like a CD, like a DVD that rolls around in my mind and it just reminds me. And this morning, God wants to break that CD. He wants to break that DVD. This morning, He wants you to connect with Him in a very real, powerful way. And this is the best way to do it, I know, is to commit your life to Him today. Jesus came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He came to destroy sin because we couldn't do it ourselves. Our sin, God put upon him so that we could be the righteousness of God. So this morning, maybe that's the first thing you need. Or maybe you need, you're praying for a certain relationship to be restored. Maybe it's something that was torn away and it's, and it's been weighing on you heavy. Like you haven't talked in a while and you can't quite get it together. This is a great day to say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I want your will. Maybe it was God protecting, God doing things for you that you didn't even know he was doing. Thank you, Jesus. But the first thing is, is connecting with him. And the only way we do that is by what we read in Romans 10, 9 and 10, confessing with our mouth, believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. And if you've never done that, if you never said, Jesus, you're my Lord, I give you my life. This would be a great day to do that. This would be a great day to start that relationship and say, Lord, I give you my life. I understand you already gave me your life. You came to give life. And Lord, I choose as an act of my will to give it to you. And if that's you this morning, if you've never given the Lord your life, but today you'd like to do that, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Just slip your hand wherever you are. Slip it up. I want to pray with you and pray for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe it's been a while and you've been away from him and you said, Mark, I... I haven't talked to him in a while, but I want to I want to reestablish the connection. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Just no, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. This is between you and the Lord. This is between you and God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to pray with you and pray for you in just a moment. Everybody, let's pray this. Say, Father God, 
I realize that I am a sinner, that I've made mistakes, I've said things, I've done things that displease you and bring shame on me. But Jesus, you came to this earth, you lived a sinless life, you died a cruel death, and it was all for my sin. And I choose as an act of my will to give you my life. And I ask you to be my Lord and I ask you to be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, there's a card. That's one. If you've done that, I don't care how long. If, if you'll take that card and you'll fill that out, that'll help us walk with you, that connection card. That's a, it'd be a joy and honor. If you feel that, I'd love to say, hey, man, let me, let me talk to you. Let me show you how that journey worked privately. And, uh, and I, I'd, I'd love to do that. It'd be an honoring. So you can do that. Fill that. There again, you can give that to me. Give it to Pastor Mark Anthony. Or you can place it in one of those and we'll, we'll connect with you this week. I'm going to ask you if you would stand up with me at this time. And we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask our prayer Team, we have people that are going to be praying for those. And I, I know in this sanctuary there are people that have needs. And I don't want you to leave if it's a physical need, if you need prayer for your body, uh, you need prayer for spiritual healing, whatever it is. We're going to have those here praying for you. And uh, we encourage you uh, to come forward. We're, I'm going to bless you. And then after that, you can either come here for prayer or you can ease out. Don't forget to say hey to two or three or four or five people on your way out. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let's receive from him. Father God, you're the creator of the universe and you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. And Lord, you said as we place your name on them, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus name.